Good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. No powdered donuts today, but there will be some stand the fan just a little bit later on. He is down in Sarasota at Oriole Spring Training. We will check in with him, see what it is that he's seen over the last couple days. You know a lot of hubbub about Jackson Holiday sticking around through the first round of, well, they don't call them cuts. They call them what, reassignments, I guess is what they call them, um, and staying in big league camp, which is interesting because a lot of people would say, you know, as you get more into um, – Spring training, it gets tougher to get at bats, and so that's why you don't want to have them still at Major League Camp. But is there anybody that's off to the World Baseball Classic that would help? No, I mean, Gunner's still there. Jorge Mateo's not doing the World Baseball Classic. So I don't know where the at-bats are coming from, but they want to keep him in Big League Camp. We'll talk to Stan about that, but also just more in general about what he's seen while he's been down there. In a few minutes, Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka will check in with us. Later on in the show, we'll go out to Chicago. Uh, Doug Gottlieb was on the national radio call for Compass Media last night for uh, Maryland's first-round win over Minnesota. He'll be on the call again tonight as uh, Maryland takes on Indiana. Gonna need to stay out of foul trouble in that one. They survived it last night. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like... They, they're both what they both had almost three fouls and they both they brought in a third guy who never plays and he got four fouls no, he, every time he, he touched the ball. Who Swanton Roger? Yeah, he's better than Hunter Dickinson. I don't think that's true. Yeah, he scored on him once, so oh, that might be true. It was so it means he's better. Oh my god! I just kept saying like every time the ball came in to the the post, Juju like, just go ahead and put another foul on the like just go ahead. Jesus Christ, what a nightmare that was last night. Like, I kept thinking, because it's easy for uh, Kevin Willard to just say to like Swanton Roger, dude, we don't care how many fouls you yeah. have. You're in the game you until you foul. Just go right ahead. But even a million at this point, like, and that used to be the a million bit, was right. like, just go in and cut. But now, like, his minutes are important. And particularly because you've got to turn around and play again tomorrow night. His minutes are important, so Swanton Roger, just go ahead and get some fouls. And with the Jahari Long early last night, it was a whole thing. But they got the win, and they were the only. You know what was crazy yesterday? It was five straight yes, lower up, seed. upsets, if you will. Yeah. I mean, that gets the Big Ten, so you know, it's hard exactly to quantify what counts as an upside, an upset. They were the only I was ner- higher-seeded yeah. team. To win on the first two days of the Big Ten tournament, it was, it was, a, little, wild, it was a little nervous. Like Ohio State's all of a sudden the world beaters. Ohio State's the hottest team in the league. They could beat Michigan State. Penn State might be slightly hotter. Yeah, Penn or, State's hot too. Yeah. You know, like it's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> Do you imagine if it was Ohio State and Penn State in the Big Ten championship game? What a world we live in. Um, anyway, we'll talk to Doug Gottlieb about that. Maryland does beat Minnesota last night to advance, but. You know, that only gets them to the place where they should have been had they just grabbed a rebound on Sunday. But as you can tell, I'm very much over it. It's not something that I'm thinking about. You never bring it up. No, no, totally over it. Maryland wins 70-54 over Minnesota. They play Indiana tonight in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament. It is a Friday edition of the program. Today's show is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all, pressboxonline.com. Gunnar Henderson on the cover. Great story from Luke Jackson. Go pick it up for free 
right now. Um, the Ravens make another move today as they try to get under the cap. Um, Michael Pierce agrees to take a little bit of a slashing on his contract. I'm sure a few of you, when you saw that, said, wait, Michael Pierce? He's – all right. I forgot. He's a good player. I love Michael Pierce. He's one of my favorites. Like Everybody knows that. Um, took a $2 million pay cut. Uh, apparently the total cleared about $2.5 bucks. The difference, somebody would say, well, why couldn't they have done that with Chuck Clark? Because Chuck Clark and in, in his team would say, give me the open market. Michael Pierce realizes probably not the best place for him coming off another season-ending injury considering he's barely played over the last couple of seasons. So for Michael Pierce, it's you know much better the devil you know and being in a place where he's happy and comfortable, and so it makes all the sense in the world. For Chuck Clark, where you don't really know if everybody's healthy next year exactly what your role is, and then you throw into that the fact that if you were on the open market, you would likely be able to cash in on that open market. You can't go to him and say, hey, work with us, because he's going to say, no, give me more money. And the Ravens right now, considering... They don't have it against the cap at the moment, and they don't know exactly what they're going to be paying their quarterback for the next couple of years. They don't have that money, which goes back to the these decisions don't make sense if you're not intending to pay Lamar Jackson. It doesn't make sense. If, if you are of the belief that the Ravens gave Lamar Jackson the non-exclusive tag because they'd be happy to let him walk for two first-round picks you got to be able to do your arithmetic a little bit better. You're making decisions now that are going to hurt your football team, but you're doing it because you know you're intending to pay Lamar Jackson a boatload of money to be your quarterback. Can it get messed up in the process? I keep saying there is risk. It's not just the risk of a heavy front-loaded deal, because I think that... Again, as I keep trying to tell you, I think that part of it, the risk of that is minimal. There could be a team that does it. I guess there was a report yesterday that the Patriots want to join the list of teams that say they're out on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, and I, don't, I choose not to believe that. The Raiders just announced that they're interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they announced that. Or it was reported. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, it was reported. It was reported. I, I don't think Mark Davis walked up to a dais. We are considering Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yes, I think there was a report that the Raiders, but that I think there had been a report about that a week ago too, that the Raiders would be in on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, I I still don't know what to make of that entire situation, and I'm not going to go too far with it. And I don't, as I keep telling you, I'll I don't believe anything yet when it comes to what the market might be for Lamar Jackson. But any team that wanted to try to poison the Ravens by going so front-loaded with a deal the Ravens possibly couldn't match it would be hurting themselves in the process as well. Now, again, they might say, that's something I'm willing to do because otherwise I don't have a quarterback. Who cares if the rest of my team stinks? I need a quarterback. But it's tough to do your business that way if you don't know for sure that you're going to end up with the guy. I mean, imagine clearing enough cap space to be able to front-load a deal Go crazy with it. Like, is, you know, we're talking, we're talking like 60 million bucks. Something nuts to front load a deal. Only to have the Ravens say, well, crap, we'll just go clear more cap space somehow. 
and we'll live with it. And now you don't have your quarterback and you don't have any good players on your football team. Again, all part of the risk that I believe the Ravens calculated when they made the decision that they made. But I I go back to the issue of you are making decisions that are going to hurt your football team if you are convinced that you're going to let Lamar Jackson walk or that you're going to trade Lamar Jackson inevitably anyway, that you're going to let the market be set. If you're doing that, it would be reckless and stupid. And you can make whatever jokes you want to make about some decisions the Ravens have made in the past or other things they've done. But there is no reason for me to believe that that's the way they're going about running their business right now, is being purposefully reckless and stupid. It still could end up not working out for them. That is possible. But I don't believe for a second it's because they have decided they're moving on. I genuinely believe they're trying to figure out a way to make it work the best for them. We'll see if that happens. And there is the other thing that I keep telling you about, which is the part where Lamar Jackson just gets to a point where he says, Don't want to play for you? Yeah, I'm out. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. You did nothing wrong inherently. Or maybe he's still bothered by Steve Saunders or maybe he's still bothered by you know like whatever it is he doesn't trust John Harbaugh and whoever the next you know Scott Elliott like I'm not telling you these things I'm just hypothesizing a reason why at some point Lamar Jackson just says don't do it don't match because I ain't gonna play for you I'm moving on you can match it but you'd be matching it to waste a ton of camp space on a guy that's gonna sit out this year which sounds crazy, I understand. But that's the leverage he has to try to force their hand. And then you got to play a game of chicken after that, right? Like, well, we we can't let that happen. We're going to have to match it. Now do you trust that he'll actually show up? I mean, it's dude, it's a it's a mess. It's a mess. Like I I I think still today if you kept you know, if we had like a meter, we should look into that. We should get so, we sort should, of like a, you know, like, like a meter. I don't know how to measure my level of confidence that Lamar Jackson is going to end up staying with the Baltimore Ravens, and I can move it, you know, during the course of the show. You know what? I'm just sitting here right now, and I think today it's a 54. Like maybe we should look into that. Honest to God, okay. I don't know what, how your arts and crafts background is, but if you, uh, your sister, could cook something up this weekend that we could hang up on the wall here, I would love that. That would be tremendous. Because right now, today, I think I'm trending upwards. I think I'm up at about 60%. 60, I might even go higher than that. I might be really bullish today. I might go crazy. I might just start, I might get reckless. 63, 63% wow. today. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, boy. I'm, gonna, I'm man, feeling it. Man. You, you don't get a meter. I'm oh, sorry. I don't There's only meter. one meter. We don't, two meters? The hell kind of world are we living in? <laughs> Who's got it? Who's got the budget for that? So all I can do is just try to influence your meter. Yes, you can attempt to, you know, suggest, well, hey, have you thought about this? Or did you hear this? Or did you, you know, you could throw those things in there. Well, now that the Raiders are definitely out. But I am, well, you don't know that the Raiders are definitely out. (laughs) You better settle down over there. I am the king of the meter. Like, if. Meter king? The meter king. Everybody's called, I've. For years, people have called me that, the meter king. Right. Can we please look into that? Can yeah, we yeah. please get I, a meter? I, I really would like a, a, a meter for this week. And i got to be able to move something like to reflect my level of confidence in the process. Um, a couple of people have pointed out that Adam Thielen would make sense for the Baltimore Ravens. Sure. 
I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Based on their track record, based on who it is they get, Adam Thielen, logical. I don't know what the Ravens are going to be able to do. I mean, that's part of the difficulty of this. It's easy to say that they're going to clear cap space to get to the threshold for Lamar Jackson on the franchise tag. But presumably, if they end up getting a deal done with Lamar Jackson, it's going to cost them that much more than that. So can they go out and spend any money at all when they don't know what the price is going to be? And that's a difficult thing, man, because we joke all the time about how we have to watch everybody else sign free agents. But typically, the Ravens do get around to signing somebody. It's going to be tough for them to come up with money to sign anybody at all if they are earmarking a certain number of dollars to put towards an ultimate Lamar Jackson contract. Adam Thielen, you know, has been very productive in the NFL and is a nice complimentary wide receiver. And I think the Ravens should be trying to draft a wide receiver. I think the Ravens should be looking for something significantly more upside than Adam Thielen, but... If they could make it work to have Adam Thielen come in here, he is sure as hell better than anything that they have put on the field of late. I mean, with the exception of a healthy Rashad Bateman, of course, but we haven't seen a lot of the healthy Rashad Bateman. I, yes, but but I also think that there will be other teams that would be interested in Adam Thielen at a relatively fair price to them. And I think those teams right now don't have a quarterback thing that's hanging over them. And I just think we're going to have to set ourselves up for disappointment. Like, you can say, hey, the free agent market isn't great, but typically the Ravens do something. I mean, last year, obviously, they did it with Marcus Williams, and it was a big thing. Like, they've done some big things, even, in free agency. I'm expecting extraordinarily little right now from this team via free agency. And... The biggest reason why is because we don't know how much their quarterback is going to cost them this year. We, we just don't know what that number is going to be. And I don't know how you make decisions until you know what that number is going to be. I think they might, they are, there is no doubt in my mind, they have an operating plan that involves what they think is most likely going to be the case for Lamar Jackson and a deal that they would do and a number that they'd be comfortable with as long as the market comes back to them. But the market's got to come back to them. And even when you say, well, hey, there's no market right now, Lamar Jackson still has to come back with them to their market. That's what makes this all so damn frustrating. It must make this all so damn difficult. We just keep waiting we keep waiting and now you're getting into the place where it can hurt you it can get in the place where you know if you ended up coming out of this with no quarterback and nothing that you had spent your money on no reason why the cap space helped i i talked about that you know i think it earlier in the week where i said look if the answer was going to be a trade it's got to be a trade now like before the draft and before free agency, when the only purpose, the only thing you can say about moving on from Lamar Jackson is if you're in the camp where you say, well, I can get a good quarterback and have a better roster around him. You know how I feel about it. That's nonsense, right? But you, you have to do that. If the league year opens without you having money to spend, 
and then you end up trading Lamar Jackson, it's the dumbest thing you've ever done. You now can do neither thing. You neither have your quarterback, nor do you have a better roster around him because of the cap space that it provided. If there was any risk that you weren't going to sign Lamar Jackson, you probably should have gone ahead and dealt him for anything that you could get at some point. I mean, like, it, you've got to have the cap space go. You're, you're pissing away a year right. just for the sake of pissing away a year in the process. And I get it. You can't force Lamar Jackson to do anything, and that's part of the problem with all of this. But it's starting to hurt you. So when free agency starts, where's your confidence bar going to be at if there's no deal reached and Lamar is still, and there's, I guess, you know, limited well, I, to no at, interest at the, in Lamar at, still? At that point, clearly, they're prioritizing Lamar, right? right. Like, they're saying... Because it seems like they almost have to bring him out. They almost we're going to wait this thing out as long as we have to. We have to have our quarterback. And if that means that it costs us the ability to go put a better team on the football field via free agency, we'll we'll live with that. We'll take our five draft picks and... You know, I've still seen people speculate that they could consider dangling, you know, Patrick Queen in a trade in order to get some more draft picks. And, you know, Griffin, of course, smiles about that because Griffin, for some insane reason, we get reason, a second round pick for Patrick Queen. Refuses to recognize what a good football player Patrick Queen has been. It's bizarre. It's on the list of bizarre things. Get that a I've second dealt round receiver for Patrick Queen. God's sakes, it's so weird. Um, but no, that is, those are some. That's some of the math that they might be doing in relation to a Lamar Jackson contract. But you don't want to do that until you know that Lamar Jackson's signing a contract. Again, you're you're clearing future cap space for what? Yeah. It, it like and I again he, as much as I like Patrick Queen and I again b- despite how insane Griffin is, Patrick Queen was excellent last season. He was a rock star last year. But I also understand that if you're going to have a quarterback who's going to make a lot of money, it's going to have to cost you in other positions. And they are committed to Roquan Smith, and I understand why they're committed to Roquan Smith. He's a monster. And it might just very well be that in them doing their math, they say, we can't afford both and the quarterback. We can't do it. Understood. It's painful, but if that's the way it's got to be, that's the way it's got to be. I can get that. But you don't do that unless you know that you've got your quarterback. You're just choosing to make your team worse. Like, I mean, we're just going to keep doing this. I go through this whole thing, and I'm like, another day. Another day of this. Another day of incessantly discussing this thing and the impact that it's having. I, to be clear, I want to make this make sure I say this. There are people that react negatively. There are people that react negatively towards the idea that your quarterback is going to cost you something else. It's a bummer that they lost Chuck Clark. I told you guys, I like Chuck Clark a lot. Heck of a football player, proven leader, incredibly respected amongst his teammates. I mean, incredibly respected a guy they have looked to and they have taken their cues from, and a guy that was very frustrated with his situation a year ago but put his big boy pants on and said, I'm going to go do what I need to do, and I'm not going to cause problems, and I'm going to play good football, and I have all the respect in the world for Chuck Clark. It sucks to lose Chuck Clark. But if that's the price of having a quarterback, with all due respect... There's one of those two things that really matters.
Hey, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Joining us now, he is PressBox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's with us on a Friday morning. Bo, good morning, my friend. How are you? Hi, good morning. I'm good. Thank you. You have not yet been asked to restructure your contract, correct? You're still you're still good at the moment, right? It's... Well, I'm good. I didn't get a franchise tag. I wouldn't have minded one, but yeah, I, I you know what? If I got a franchise tag, I promise I would have showed up for work. Ah, I see. I see what you're doing there. Well, look, man, I get it. If they offered me $32 million, I'd probably be willing to make it work as well. Um, but it's an interesting week, obviously, and the ramifications we still don't fully know. I, the part that I'm kind of getting into right now is the reality of the league year opening with your quarterback situation still being sort of so in doubt and how much, you know, the Ravens can be praised and they can be, we can say, hey, look, it looks like they're playing, you know, a smart hand right now. The way that the first couple of days have gone, it does look like their thought that this could play out in their favor and they could let the market be set, or there could be no market, and Lamar Jackson's got to come back to them. That all sounds well and good, but they're going to get to the start of the league year with other holes on their roster. They've already had to lose a couple players in the process, and no idea how they're going to spend any money to try to help fill, say, holes at wide receiver because we still don't know how much their quarterback is going to cost them this season. Absolutely all true. It's tricky, Uh, and I do think that, you know, Eric Acosta told us a month ago that basically he thought about this every day. And I think I don't doubt that. Uh, I was not personally surprised that they went the non-exclusive route. I just kind of sensed that that was what was coming. Um, but you're right. In terms of timing, it does make it really tricky because they don't know. They, and, and on the one hand, you can say, well, they are kind of still in control of the situation because they have the right to match any offer. On the other hand, if they don't, if, if there's an offer that destroys what they think they can do and they don't match it, now they're, as you say, they're stuck. And, and, and in a way, they're stuck. They're going to get some draft picks in return or everything. But now they don't have a quarterback and they have their cap numbers and they still have their roster to, to fill. Right. So it is this kind of nebulous, weird, no man's land for a little while till they get this thing resolved. Um, and they know what they're doing with, but they operate on the assumption that they've got his tag number and, and that's where they'll go. But you're right. They, they've got holes. They still have holes to fill. They probably have more moves to make. Well, the, the, um, and it, the, go ahead. Bo, the disastrous scenario is the one where they, they can't spend any money when the league year starts. And then for whatever reason, Lamar ends up, you know, agreeing to a deal that's terribly front loaded and they can't match. And so they don't have a quarterback and the cap space they created in the process. They're not able to do anything with it because all of the players come off the market. Now, again, I'm, I don't think it's going to play out that way, but the, the, the only benefit from moving on from Lamar Jackson would have been creating cap space. If you don't have anything to spend that cap space on, it's hell. I mean, it's completely disastrous how this ends up playing out. Well, let's go back and look at it. The Ravens in general, in general, not I'm talking about the quarterback position, in general, they are not a team that usually plays the first few minutes of free agency craziness game. They just usually don't. I mean, occasionally they'll, they, they, you know, they'll sign a guy on the first day, but a lot of times they don't, and they let the market kind of, I always call the shiny TV. They generally will stay away from the shiny new TV, and they'll wait till the prices come down a little bit, and they'll find their value on the free agency market that way. So... I'm not, that to me isn't as huge a deal. 
and I think they will still find players they like. It's just how it's generally how they've operated. Um, but it certainly makes it interesting, and that is the worst case scenario, as you said, is they wait, they wait, they think they have them, and then suddenly they don't. And now they have to find a quarterback, and they have to find the other players. I, you know, th- that to me, I, I, I know what you're saying, Bo, and I, I understand, and I think in a normal world, that's exactly the way that they operate. I think if you're moving on from your quarterback, it's because you believe there's a benefit to having the cap space to spend on more top-notch players, and if those guys are off the market, I, I don't know what you're doing. Bo, I, I guess the question that, that still sort of exists is they've already made two moves, and Chuck Clark and now Michael Pierce with a restructure today. I, what do you think ends up happening? They still need to get some more work done. What do you think this means for Gus Edwards, maybe, say, Devin Duvernay as well? No, I mean, those are two names that have come up a lot because Gus Edwards is, you know, $4 million roughly they would save against the cap in cutting him. Uh, and you don't know what his role would be in an offense that's no longer a Greg Roman offense. And that might be a place they look and say, we, $4 million is a lot, of, a lot for a guy who's basically going to be a number two running back here because we think J.K. Dobbins is going to be number one and we'll go out and get a cheaper rookie to be number two or number three. Um, and so Gus Edwards is one that could go. Devin Duvernay is an interesting one, right? He's, I mean, if you thought the receiver room was thin before, now you're going to lose Duvernay. But he's also the top kick returner. Right. But he got that proven performance escalator, and suddenly his contract has jumped up to $4 million. Maybe one of those guys signs something that makes it a longer-term deal and the price this year comes down. That's a possibility for either one of those guys. Um, it seems to me that I think that will be more likely with Duvernay because I think they would see him as being more versatile with his kick return availability. Um, we don't know. Calais Campbell's a big price tag. The assumption's been he's coming back, yep. but he's up at about $9 million. And, and whether they restructure or whether they try to sign him to something different that makes that number much lower, that's a possibility. Um, there's a lot of things that have to go on, and they could theoretically rework, say, Mark Andrews and drop his number this year or rework some of the longer-term contracts. We know they generally don't like to do that. They don't like to push all this money off in the future because you're going to see that money sooner or later, and you don't want it kind of hanging over your head four years down the road with a lot of dead money. Um, but those are the longer-term deals are the ones you look at and say, well, we could stretch that another year. Mark Andrews would be one, Marlon Humphrey, or whatever guys you expect to be here. Yep. But I think with Duvernay and Edwards would be two that you'd certainly look at uh, as, as ones that could be involved, in, as I said, in Clayus Campbell. Well, Bo Smolka is with us here on GCR. The other part of this is like when you bring up Calais Campbell and you're asking him to help you out, like if I'm Calais Campbell, the first thing I need to know is who's the quarterback going to be, right? Like, I'm sure I'll be, I'll work with you if I genuinely feel like we've got an opportunity to win a Super Bowl next year. But if I'm nervous about that, I, the only purpose to keep playing is to try to win a Super Bowl. I don't want to be here if you're going to end up lining up. Jacoby Brissett, or no offense, Tyler Huntley is your quarterback next season. I, which I get, they can't control right now, but I, I think it's part of the difficulty of doing these things. Uh, totally, totally. And it's got to be difficult, and, and I don't know, Eric DaCosta can't give him an answer right now. Right. Um, and so Calais Campbell, yeah, he's not coming back. He's coming back to try to win. That's what he said last year, and it's certainly going to be the case this year. Um, he wants, you know, at his age and at his place in his career, he's not interested in a three- or four-year rebuilding process and I don't again I people are calling it rebuilding if Lamar Jackson goes away and I don't think they view it that way here at all because they've got a defense that can contend right away 
Um, can they, can, how far can they go with Jacoby Brissett to throw a name out there that you just mentioned? That's a fair question, but, um, it's not a full rebuild. It never is here, but, um, again, and they still, I think they still envision Lamar Jackson being here, Right. but even there's so many questions here with Lamar Jackson. So, but you're right. If it's Clay Campbell, I would also want to know what the, what, what, who my quarterback is going to be and what it looks like. But, uh, you know, so those are all discussions I imagine Eric Acosta is having. And, and you're right. The tricky thing is he, he can't he can't know the answers that they're asking. He is press box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. Bo, what you brought up, I think, is central to all of this. Like I, it sounds like what you're saying is it is your belief that the Ravens did this specifically because they believe it helps them get this thing done. Like there is still a group of people, of course, that thinks the Ravens would be happy to lose Lamar Jackson, and that's why they go with the non-exclusive. That. You know, if it just works out that way, that he's more like somewhere else, then God bless it. We'll take our two first-round picks and we'll move on because we've got our own doubts. But I, everything that I have been able to posture says this to them was a maneuver that gets them closer to getting a deal done because they have been struggling and they desperately want to get a deal done and they are fully and completely committed to Lamar Jackson. I think they want to get a deal done. I do. I think that, and I think Eric DaCosta probably read the room at the scouting combine and got a bit of a sense for what the market might be. I've said before, I just think overall, overall in the history of the organization, they've done a better job uh, more often than not. They've done a good job of reading the market. And I just sense that DaCosta had a sense that it's not going to come to the fact that there's going to be an offer out there that they can't match. I just thought, I think that had to be a high stakes gamble and calculation that he made. Um, and so in that way, they think, I think they will think they'll get him, uh, keep Lamar Jackson. I think they do want to build around him. I think they understand his talent, but I do think making this non-exclusive move, remember it also saves them $13 million. It's not just the two first round picks. It saves you $13 million, which probably keeps, at least a couple players in the building that wouldn't have otherwise been able to stay, or it allows you to go address free agency in a way you otherwise wouldn't have been able to. So I think all of that came into play in making the non-exclusive yeah. move. I think the third, so, I, you know, I, but I do think, I think that DaCosta kind of made a calculated gamble that he read it and said, there's not going to be an offer that we can't match. I, I guess I would that would be I just don't think I believe that Lamar Jackson is going to play for thirty two million dollars this year, right? Like I think that's where like a holdout into the season becomes real. You know what I mean, Bo? Like where if if the market doesn't go the way that he wants, he's going to come back to the table and say, "Well, I'm going to get every penny that I can get out of you, and I'm going to use whatever leverage I have." Like I just don't. I I know he played for less than he had to a year ago, but he was under contract, right? Like I I think that it could get ugly if the intent is to try to have him play at that figure this season at $32 million, which we all know is drastically under his market value. I, there's not, look, anytime you get negotiations like this, it could get ugly, uh, you know, and it's probably gotten a little bit ugly already behind the scenes that we don't know about. I yeah. mean, they're tough. Eric DaCosta called it a burden. He already said that negotiations are a burden. I think there's certainly probably been frustration on both sides, but, that's the case with a lot of negotiations. Um, it is. It's tough business. And so, yeah, there could be some hurt feelings. There could be some bitterness. Um, I, you know, how long would he hold out? I, you know, that's, that's another question. Um, and, yeah, does he, does he hold out? 
does he have an all season and get no money like Le'Veon Bell did? Or does he hold out nine weeks? And right. so that he has that, uh, you know, th- those are all fair questions, but yeah, I, I could, of course it could get ugly. Um, and, and, but that's, that's not new in terms of negotiations. It happens. What do you make of how much that impacts them going into the season? What do you make of like, like, let's just say this thing does drag out. Whether, however the market goes, whatever the frustration is, that Lamar Jackson's not only not around for off season, but maybe this lingers into training camp. I have, I have, I've heard a lot of different opinions about what actual impact that has for a team. What do you make of that concern that this impacts them, even if they end up with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback in week one of the season, that not having him around the new offensive coordinator with an unproven group of wide receivers could impact their ability to compete this season? I think it would be a pretty big deal. Um, it depends also when he comes back. If he's going to if he's going to run his uh, holdout into October, then yes, that obviously yes, is correct. a whole different deal. Correct. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, especially with a new offensive coordinator, and in theory, potentially two, three, four new wide receivers. Um, you know that, that 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 matters to kind of be there and work with them. Now I know, like people, you know, he did miss ten days with COVID at the start of training camp a couple of years ago, and okay, I, I don't think that was huge. But if you're going to miss the entire spring and summer and into the season with a new, new offensive system and new players that you're going to be playing with, I, I don't see how that's not a factor. Yeah, I think it would be. In I, I agree with you. It's got to be a factor. What to what extent? I can't answer that, but I agree with you. It's got to be a factor. Is there anything else that's on your radar right now, <laughs> Bo? Like this is so all-encompassing that, like, when I when the Ravens announce like a coaching change, I'm almost completely dismissive of it. They've made some significant coaching hires this week and filling out a staff, but they have largely gone under the radar. Obviously, no, they have. I mean, this is the week that the player the player movement's going to happen. Starting on Monday, they can negotiate. You know, um, we'll we'll hear about Ben Powers probably. I imagine he's going to find a good contract somewhere else and be gone um and what other moves the ravens are going to make we, we we mentioned the chuck clark trade and chuck clark you know i will say a lot of people seeing the ravens i've heard a lot, i've heard from fans who said <coughs> that the ravens kind of got fleeced getting only a seventh round pick for chuck clark but they have to understand that chuck clark was going to be cut correct so you ask yourself do we get nothing for chuck clark or do we get something for chuck clark chuck clark is highly respected guy in that room I think, and no one in the Ravens is going to say a bad word about Chuck Clark, but there just wasn't a spot for him in that defense at his price. And and he, I think he knew it, they knew it. So you're going to get rid of him and the other teams all know it. So you get what you can get for him and move on. But um, there's, they'll, they'll, uh, obviously what else we're looking at, we're looking at what these other moves might be um, and what free agency starts to look like when, uh, you know, in, when the new league year, really the tampering window can begin on Monday. At B. Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Pressboxonline.com is where you see his stuff. Bo Smolka, always appreciate you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes. All right, Glenn. Thank you. Take care. Bo Smolka with us here on GCR. Hey, you are thinking about signing up for sports betting. Maybe you've signed up for, like, one particular company, DraftKings, FanDuel, but you haven't signed up for everybody. You're leaving money on the table. Like, right now, you can get up to five second-chance bets, up to $50 each from PointsBet. It's point bet. I'll make sure I get that right. It's point bet. Along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up at pressboxonline.com slash offers. 
Baseball betting is underway. Futures bets, season specials, player award bets are live. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers now for your shot at winning big. Speaking of baseball, we will head down to Sarasota next. Our friend and normal Friday co-host, Stan the Fan Charles, the Chief Grand Poobah. He's in Sarasota at spring training. We're going to find out what he has seen in his time down there. That's next. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC is here to help. With funding available for short-term career programs, you can get back on your feet in no time. Starting this March, become a certified apartment maintenance technician to secure your future. CCBC's program offers hands-on training and prepares you for a rewarding career in the growing field of property management. Don't wait any longer. Call 443-840-2222 or online at ccbcm edu for more details ccbc apartment maintenance technician your new career starts now with funding available 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson profiles orioles phenom gunner henderson breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full mlb season also inside we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state and bo smoker breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the ravens press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. 
If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline. And you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Friday edition of the program. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Normally, he's here with us on Fridays, but he decided that uh, when he heard there were going to be snowflakes this morning, which there were, certainly where I live, I saw snowflakes this morning, he said, I'm going to get the hell out of there and head down south where there will be none of that. He reports to us live from Sarasota. He is the Chief Grand Poobah here at Pressbox, our friend Stan the Fan Charles. Stan, good morning. How are you, sir? What a coincidence. We had snow here this morning in Sarasota. Oh, did you? Unbelievable. Did you because somebody oh. was, because you saw someone doing cocaine on the street or something like that? <laughs> that was more like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah after the Terps win last yes, night. Yes, they, were so, they were so happy yeah. about that. Um, yep. Stan, How you guys doing? We're, all, guys we're doing? all right. Do they have powdered donuts in Sarasota? Were you able to uh, get your fix this morning? I, I got to be honest with you. The other day, I'm really trying. I'm, I'm after my medical scare a couple months, you know, yeah. six weeks ago. I've, I, I'm going to have to really cut back sugar quite a bit. So I'm trying to be good, and I think uh, it's reasonable to get one powdered donut a week right. on Friday mornings. So the other morning, I walked in to, to Duncan down here in Sarasota, and I, I said, give me a cup of coffee. And I look, and they got Duncan, uh, they got munchkins, powdered munchkins, well. which, I nev- which I never see, never see a powdered munchkin in Baltimore anymore. Oh. So I said, I asked the girl behind the counter, and I think it, it's a sign that she really liked me. <laughs> I said, is there a way I can get, like, three munchkins? And she goes, yeah, I can handle that. And she hands me the bag. Uh, you know, I went over to do, pick up my coffee, and she hands me the bag, and she goes, don't tell anybody. Oh. And I open the bag. There's 15 munchkins. Shut up. 15, yep. Shut up. And, no, of course, you, through, you, throughout uh, the day, I ate all 15 munchkins. Yeah, so, oh my day, so right. much for the, uh, right, the self-control. But like, first of all, you didn't you didn't tell Jane about this, right? Like, this is just it's a secret. Uh, no, I okay, did not. We make no, sure this is our, we this make is our sure little... we keep that yeah. secret for you. <laughs> that will make sure we do that. Um, Stan, uh, a couple of things that were storylines this week uh, related to the Orioles. A yep. lot of people reacting to the fact that Jackson Holiday uh, was not reassigned and is sticking around with the Major League Club, which isn't to suggest that Jackson Holiday is going to be on the big league team or something like that. But normally, this is the point at which you want to make sure that someone like him is getting regular at bats, so you reassign him to minor league camp and you go that route. What did you make of that yep. decision that he survived that first group of reassignments and they wanted to see more of him facing, you know, the major league uh, spring training hitters or the yeah. pitchers. I think. I think. Look, I think he's going to be on. A, I can't tell you. You know, I haven't talked to Matt Blood or Mike Elias recently about where they envision him playing, but it would not surprise me if he starts at Aberdeen. 
Mm. You know, mm. I mean, I think he's going to be on a, I'm not saying a, a vastly accelerated time schedule, but I think, you know, look, I could be wrong and he could start at Delmarva, but I would think that they, they feel that he's, they're throwing him in a little bit of deep water and they want to see a little bit and they want him to see some of the best in the game, you know, pitching wise and, and, and have some at bats against top notch pitching. Look, they've got, after these cuts they made today, Glenn, you know, reassignments, there's still 59 people in camp. Sure. And they've got to get down to 26. So whether he's with the team another three days, five days, I think they just wanted him to be up with the big boys and sort of rubbing elbows and uh, sort of maybe learning that this isn't that far stretch for him. I, that makes sense. And hey, look, why not? It, it, yeah. can't, it can't hurt. Right, like so you let him. No, you let you're him, not gonna. By, by, yes. by having him have five more days of getting one at bat in games, he's not gonna hurt Jackson Holiday. Speak, no. Speaking of shortstops, um, some interest yeah. in Gunnar Henderson playing short this week, and we still kind of are trying to figure out exactly what the Orioles infield is going to look like. And I know there are a lot of people whose opinion. I, our friend Mike Bordick the other day said, "Look, I've got to have Jorge Mateo as my shortstop. His defense is too good. I've got to have him out there." But there are people. Our, our friend Ryan Ripkin's a big believer in Gunnar Henderson specifically playing shortstop. Where are you right now with how that unfolds? And the answer, I'm sure, is going to be fluid, and that it's not going to be the same guy playing every day this season. But where are yeah. you with? shortstop with where they want Gunnar Henderson to be considering how important he is to this franchise as a whole. Yeah. My only thing is I looked at what he's batting so far in the first 12, 13 games. He's hitting like a buck 25. Yeah. I just want his offense to be commensurate with what we, you know, I'm not saying he's got to hit 320 this year and knock in a hundred runs, but we want him to be an offensive force first and foremost. Uh, but he wouldn't be the first big prospect to take a, a step back or two and then re, regather themselves before their greatness eventually plays out. But I'm, I'm fine with him at third base most of the time. I think that the larger-scale issue is whether or not Mateo can really be a positive force when you put all of his offensive skills together can he be a genuine force that deserves to play 120 130 games at shortstop you know yeah. uh like you say i don't think he's going to play 150 155 he's not going to hit that well but can he command the position where you're, you're not throwing urias back at third and moving henderson over there for stretches of time and you also have the injury factor to Urias, to Henderson, and Mateo. You know, uh, if one of them gets hurt, uh, clearly that could change the fluidness of uh, that situation. He is Stan the Fan Charles, Press Box Chief Grand Poobah. He is down in Sarasota at Orioles Spring Training and is with us this morning here on GCR. Stan, what are the other things that when you got down there you said, I really want to see – I mean, we know the real reason is you wanted to get your first hot dog of the spring. We understand that. That's that's what it's all about. But what were the other things – I have not eaten a hot dog yet. You had more a, powdered donuts than hot dogs at spring training? What the yes, hell is going yes, on? Yes, it, yes, that's – that's a big headline in yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, I hear the, That's the, major the Baltimore story. banner is trying to pick up that story. <laughs> right. um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing 
I'm interested in seeing some of the pitching, how it's going to shake out with Hall and Wells. Uh, I don't know that I'll see that in the next four or five days. Um, I'm also interested, it's, it looks like, and I, I meant to do this this morning, but I've been getting up every morning at like 7.30 and going out and walking uh, with my cousin Ron Matz. Uh, we've been walking. So I meant to do this and look at the roster. This battle between Ryan O'Hearn, yeah. uh, Lewin Diaz, and Frankie Cordero, I'm not sure if any of the three make the team uh, or Vavra makes the team, you know, or, or where they fit in. But clearly, Stowers, Vavra, and the three guys I just mentioned are kind of the fluid pieces. And I haven't added it up. Is it two places they're opting for or one place? I, it, I, if I do the math, it might have. Griffin knows. It might really just be one, right? Like it's certainly. Yeah, it, it, it could be very, very and, well. And we, by the, we one. also saw we saw Santander yeah. play first base as well this week too, right? Which was a little bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, he definitely. They they talked about having him there. I don't think he's going to be there. It's clear that they they have done everything in the world without really tearing Ryan Mountcastle up psychologically to sort of er, sort of push him a little bit that, hey, this position isn't owned by you 162 right. games every year, you know. And, uh, boy, he hit a monster home run against the Pirates the other day. It hit the roof of uh, the place that was Boog's Barbecue, you know. Wow. I mean, really wow. a monster wow. shot. Um, he's, looked, he's looked good so far. And it's great that Austin Hayes on Monday before I got down here had a three-run homer against the Phillies, and he had a three-run homer against the Pirates too. So the two of them are looking looking good right now. But that it's really interesting to see who's going to get that last one one or two spots on the team. Well, and he's going to need to hit and, monster and shots. all three. You know, you know what I like about it. It's interesting. I like looked at Diaz is hitting like about three sixty. O'Hearn's hitting 400-something, and Cordero's hitting over 400. So it's not like they're backing into getting a position. They're all competing and earning uh, the, the shot that one of them will get. Um, it, you know, I, I was joking with Mancastle. He's going to have to hit monster shots, right? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the reality of what well, he's dealing left with. Well, yeah. Yep. yeah. When he that, gets... home, that home run that he hit, that home running hit on Wednesday against the Pirates would have been a long fly out problem. That's the reality, that right? That's the <laughs> that's the reality of what he's up against, which, yeah. you know, it, it's a tough yeah. thing. Let's talk about a couple of things yeah. kind of away from, you know, roster battle. Stan the fan is with us. One, um, I know you and I talked briefly. Some It appears as though there's some action right now. Wes Moore has been with John Angelos. They they toured uh, the stadium in Atlanta. Now, I know it's that's a little bit different because it's no longer downtown in Atlanta. They've moved out to the suburbs, so it'd be, right. it'd be kind of difficult for the Orioles to replicate exactly what they've done with the village in Atlanta. But we, you and I have talked about this. This is clearly part of John Angelos' plan and this $600 million that's been earmarked and trying to get this thing done is he very much wants this to be more than just the stadium. He wants there to be something greater that happens with the Camden Yards district. You know, I, I wouldn't get locked into that figure of $600 million 
that $600 million is merely for Camden Yards, the ballpark. That $600 million really has, as far as I know, and I'll talk to John probably tomorrow uh, or tonight uh, at the park, I'll double-check this, but that $600 million that the Ravens get $600 million and mm-hmm. the Orioles, provided they sign leases, is for ballpark improvements, not building a larger vision so you, of what you're saying there, there could be more you think there could be more investment for this that that John I Angelos. think there could be a lot of public private investment in this thing down there and and it's figuring out where they're going to make the space available to put, put more bars restaurants potentially uh, a living facility there you know a high, a high rise of some sort that's nearby or a couple of them uh, I think they really want this area to be kind of like what Gulfstream Park is down in Florida, in Hallandale, Florida. It's a place where people can go. To, they can go to their doctor's appointments, go to restaurants, bars, and, oh, yeah, you got something that's going on there every day or nearly every day, you know, right. in terms of the baseball stadium, you know. So I think that's John's big vision. And I think he's got a governor that's on on his side, and wanting to do something that's going to regenerate the, the the overall image of Baltimore and the reality of the economic development of Baltimore City. A uh, story this week in Sports Business Journal: The Orioles are exploring naming rights with Camden Yards, and you know the idea that being it would still be at Camden Yards, but it would no longer be Oriole yeah. Park. It would be. You know, whatever it would be, um, you know, Nebraska. press box, press box field, exactly right. Press, yes, press correct. box field at Camden Yards. Presented, yeah. presented yeah. by Dunkin' Donuts, uh, uh, powdered munchkins. It's uh, <laughs> what it's going to be. I, I, I said yesterday, like I get it. Whenever you see a story like this, immediately you're going to cringe, right? Because we've just been used to something for a long time, and we kind of like the idea of the stadium not. It, it doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel tawdry. It just sort of feels right. like it's classic, but. I, I don't think, and, and was sort of echoed by, as long as the Camden Yards part of the name exists, I think most Orioles fans will continue to just call the ballpark Camden Yards. Camden and, Yards, yeah. And it'll be yeah. an opportunity to present a little bit more revenue that hopefully will be used to better the baseball team. Yeah, they they supposedly can get, it seems like the going rate. Now, the Dodgers apparently have, have been exploring this for five or six years and haven't come up and struck a deal with a partner uh, but they're saying that it could bring something like six or eight million dollars a year uh, for that amount of money, and I don't care that all of it goes to the ballpark. If I'm involved with the Orioles, I'm selling those naming rights. Right. You know. Right. Uh, I'll be a little cheap looking, a little bit cheaper looking. I agree with you, Glenn. As long as it's got, as long as it's not called, you know, Pep, Pepco Ballpark yeah. or something like yeah. that. As long as it's, you know. Um, uh, truest ball, truest field at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, you know, and they get their mentions in every game on the radio and the TV. Uh, they'll be happy as sponsors, and we will, as you said, we'll call it Camden Yards. Exactly. I'm going down to Camden Yards. And again, look, I get it. I'm not. I don't even tell anybody that they're crazy for for having a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. I understand it. I just don't think it's ultimately going to be that big of a deal. Like I think we're going to be. Okay I don't think it, it is either. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to, to cover with you, now that you've been down there and you've seen it, the impact to you of the pitch clock, of you know the the shift, and I know that there's 
We've already seen that like you know some teams are just going with outfielders and trying to recreate the shift. All of the various rules changes. What have you actually noticed in watching games this week? Well, Jeff Passan reported this morning, Glenn, that the average time of games last year in the preseason exhibition games was three oh one. Do you know what it is so far this uh, year? I'm going to guess two 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 thirty six. Okay, that's I was going to say two forty five. So yeah, it's even less. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've noticed just just impromptu, Glenn. I, I brought out my score. I brought down my score sheets that I use every game during the baseball season, and I you know I chart my my score box for each batter in each inning has three three little spots to check if it's a ball and two little spots to check if it's a strike. I am barely getting the check mark in the box, and I'm looking up and they're delivering the pitch. Wow. It's a, it's really moving along very fast. It's going to be vastly different. And, you know, the day before I left town, I heard an interview with Steve Phillips, who's, I know, a good friend of yours, yeah. the ex-general manager of the Mets, who hosts a leadoff spot on, uh, on XM Radio, Sirius XM, MLB channel. He was interviewing Rocco Baldelli at the Minnesota Twins Park, and he was asking him about the, you know, the, the speed up of the game. And he said, you know, I got to be honest with you. You know, there's going to be some people that are against it, but the people in the industry, managers, PR people, PR interns, you know, people that work for the club like Greg Bader, he says they're all ecstatic that they're going to get a little bit of their life back. Sure. You know, sure. it might, you know, he goes, we kiddingly, in, in baseball now, people are saying, we don't know who came up with the idea to do this, but that person should automatically be in the Hall of Fame. Wow. That's what they referred to it. That, yeah. What? That inside the industry, they are positively giddy that so much of the drag time of baseball uh, is, is going to disappear. I predict, though, Glenn, in two years' time, when the robot umpire is calling balls and strikes, sure. People, they'll, there will be a clamoring for some way to to slow, slow it the down. game down. A <laughs> slow little. it down. This I, I really do. Yeah, I think they're going to want to try and keep the games two thirty to two forty five. And I think when the when that when that robo umpire starts doing the, doing its thing, I think you're going to see a lot of two oh fives, one fifty eights, and it's going to people are going to feel hurried by the pace, not just that it's crisper. So we'll see if I'm right or wrong. Let me yeah. run, let me run this by you know my feeling is I'm I'm good with the spirit of the rule. I like the idea. I do think it's beneficial. I just don't like the punitive aspect of it. I don't like the idea that we could end up having a moment in a real game where and at, yeah. you know it, a result is taken away that and a bad ends without a pitch being thrown in a big spot. I don't like that concept. I was talking to um, our friend Adam Jones the other day, and Adam said yep. his idea would be implement the pitch clock for the first six innings and then take it away for the last three because we like dramatic moments in baseball. We like there being big, you know, late game situations that feel like they matter, and we're okay with a little built-up drama. What do you think about that? I've heard I've heard the suggestion. I've heard it both, like, after six innings. I've heard even some people would say, Let's just make the ninth inning by the old rule. Okay. I haven't really thought it through, but I think eventually that's what I'm talking about. I think eventually 
you will get a little more sanity uh, to the thing, and people will be saying, hey, I want to go to a baseball game and sort of relax. Yeah, I didn't like the pace the way it was from 1985 to 2022, but I, nor do I need to speed through the game, you know, like have the game feel like it's speed dating. Correct. And, and, and by the way, I, I, the, the, the speed part I don't think is going to impact me all that much. I don't need it. But I, it's really just the idea of the, the punitive part of, of it. Of like, punishing, yeah. Correct. I, I, I would agree with you. I'm going to give one little thing, one little uh, sort of observation myself. Okay. I have not seen it yet, but I think the most fascinating part of the rule is is the rule that I don't like, is that you can only throw over two times. Mm. I predict you're going to see an unbelievable number of pitch outs. Uh, that that's sort of like a play that nobody really talks about anymore. That used to be pretty important, where managers would steal a sign sure. or somehow really have a high percentage that the guy was going to run. And I think a lot of times you get a, a Jorge Mateo or Cedric Mullins, and they've used their two throws over, and he stretches out. You know, now he can throw over and try and pick the guy off, and if he's successful, there's no penalty. But he automatically gets second base if you don't if you do throw over and you don't get the guy. I just see a lot of instances where you're going to have managers sort of cat and mousing, and maybe the manager with the, with the runner on first doesn't send them just to get a, a head one zero. You know, but it's it's going to be very interesting. Well, I predict the pitch out is going to be a very interesting play to. To watch evolve this season. I'll ask one more. I mean, obviously, no, you, you, for certain batters, they would say, by all means, give me an extra ball to work with in this count, right? Like, right, I'll, right, I'll take right, it. Right. But what about the other idea of just having the catchers throw behind the runners more often? Like something that, you know, it's not I, like we, we never I, see, but it would seem to make sense, wouldn't it? It would definitely seem to make sense there as well. And then you get the cat and mouse aspect of that, where if, if, People think, like, I'll take a big lead and let, let the catcher think he's going to be able to pick me, and he just runs straight to second base, you know, never looks back. That'll make for an exciting play. It's going to create more options. The game is going to be entertaining, I think, in a lot of different ways for fans as, as this thing evolves. But you have going to be very interesting. I, I guess, let me wrap with this, Dan. Have you felt it at all artificial? Like, does it, does it at any moment feel like this isn't baseball to you? My big thing is, I don't know. I, I, I've seen certain games where I haven't had the sense. I haven't seen the clock either on the screen or at the ballpark. Yeah. Where I know. I'm wondering if the pitchers, how how aware they're going to be. I don't know the law, the rules, whether each stadium has to designate a, a clock behind the catcher, you know, on the, yep. on the on back the, on screen the board, there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know that I enjoy watching that, you know, go down and you're sort of each pitch, you know, it's like in basketball. I know you got to get it across the line. You got a 24 second clock or whatever it is in college, 30 seconds. But, but that's like, not every single play of a game is dictated by a clock. And it's a little, to me, it's a little, I wouldn't say it feels pushed on me, but it's just, it's there when you see that clock. It's there every pitch. I, I got to be. Baseball is supposed to be a game that you're supposed to watch and relax 
to a certain extent. I, I got, it's funny you bring that up because there was some pushback. Our friend uh, Paul Fulkemer was tweeting from the Camden Chat account on Monday, and when yeah. the game was on TV, he was really disturbed by the clock being on the score bug. And he got a lot, like, there. very few people agreed with him. I thought it was one, in, you know, particularly given the rules change. I I want to know. I want to know how much quicker the pitchers are really I working. Wanna right? like, I want to know. I want to know. I definitely want to know. I yeah. wonder if it's the, the, the inning, every batter, every pitch is going to be on a clock. I, it, I hear you. It's, it, it wasn't distracting for me on Monday. Like nothing about it was. It was right. interesting, but I didn't find myself right. staring at it on every pitch. Right? Like I thought it, and I do think it's important for transparency. Right? Like I do think it's better than saying, "Well, just take our word for it." Right? Like trust us. Yeah. This no, wasn't a violation. It's got to be there. There's yep. no question about it. It'll just be interesting to see how used to it we get. You know, over time. You know. If you miss, I think it's. Uh, I think overall, I'm I'm excited about the the, the prospect of crisper, uh, more speedily played games. So if you missed it earlier in the week, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley caught up with Mike Devereaux after he had been down in Sarasota at spring training. You can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. It's in all of those spots. And then this coming Monday night, uh, Stan and I are going to figure out a way. We're, I'm going to fill. I'm going to do my best, Ross Grimsley. I actually, if you want, Stan, I can just try to do my Ross Grimsley impression. It's not as good as Jeremy's, but I can try to let do. Let me. Let me hear it. Can I hear? Can uh, I hear? It? I mean, if I do the, this is really more Jeremy doing Ross. It's cool. Yeah, man. Cool, cool man. That's real cool. Yeah, yeah. Right? cool like, man. <laughs> I can try to do that. I'm going to see. I'm going to see Ross and his wife Saturday night at the uh, Orioles. Uh, you know, uh, right. concert, the right. uh, country western concert that John's wife, Margaret, puts together each year, benefits the arts programs here in the city of Sarasota, art schools and all that. It's really, it's really turned into a neat, uh, really a neat event. I had one last question for you, Glenn. Yes. Was as a play-by-play announcer, can you envision how different it is for the John Millers, oh, the wow. Kevin Browns, yeah. you know, with 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 ver- vastly little time to really get involved in telling a story. Can you imagine I, that? I you know, it's so funny. I guy? hadn't thought about it at all, Stan. Like, I hadn't even considered yeah. that. But it, it's it's a world of change, right? And look, I, yeah. I will even yeah. say from watching that broadcast on Monday, because during these spring training broadcasts, they're, they've been regularly, you know, I know we can roll our eyes because they don't do many of them, but we're used to them bringing, you know, Mike Elias in or a player who's not playing in that game or whatever because they understand, hey, the, the outcome of the game doesn't matter. Let's use this as an opportunity for people to get caught up with these guys. And I noticed a couple times on Monday where, like, they were trying to get into a conversation and they weren't able to because the inning was over so quickly. So yep. it's yeah. it's a great point that you bring up that they definitely, especially for a guy like John Miller. Dude, did you hear what John Miller did the other day, by the way, Stan? <laughs> No, he, I did not. He laid in. Apparently, the Diamondbacks sent a like a split squad team to play the Giants the right. other day, and they didn't. Right. Even, they didn't give him a roster. <laughs> like they did. That is terrible. John Miller, because because he's John Miller and he can <laughs> right. Like if it was Griffin yeah. in his first job, he couldn't do this. But he's John right. Miller, right. so John Miller just went off. I it was like bush league. Lower, I mean, like he yep. went nuts on the. I'll have backs. to look that up and it's, listen to it. Dude, you've got to hear it. It's, it's so good. 
All right, Stan and I will get together right. Monday night on Facebook Live, and we'll talk more about what he's seen before he heads back from uh, spring training. Appreciate you, And my then uh, Ed Hale, Ed Hale next, next Thursday. Thursday night. Very good. Next Thursday All right, night. All 7 o'clock. Thank you guys for having me on. Griffin, have a good weekend, buddy. All right, bud. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk All to right. you Monday. Talk to you, you too, Glenn. Have a good weekend. Stan the Fan Charles, Chief Grand Poobah here at Press Box, checking in live from Sarasota at Orioles Spring Training. Can we pull up that audio? Can we? All right, I loved it. For people that didn't hear it, it is. It was gold, man. And part of it is just my, you know, undying affection for John Miller because he's the greatest ever. He's He is the best. Um, but, boy, he held nothing back. Like, he was just going. I guess there was apparently uh, people, it might have been yesterday. This is part of the issue with spring training broadcast because the rosters are so big. I'll give you an example. I got to do a a high school lacrosse game. Whenever I do high school sports, it's always awkward. I swear to God, I did a high school football game locally. I'm not going to say who it was, but the school did not provide me a roster before the game. And so I literally walked up to the coach an hour before the game started and said, I need your roster. And he said, we don't have one. To which I said, you understand I can't call the names of your players if I don't have a roster. So you're just like, can you tell me like five players' names and that's, real quick? That's, yeah. he, said, he said, well, the quarterback is – like that's exactly what he did. Damn. The quarterback Damn. is this. Here are the two receivers. Here are the running backs that we're going to play. And so defensively, I could never call in it. I didn't have any I – I think somebody was playing both offensive and defense, so I was able to call that name. Um, but it was a nightmare. Apparently there was a Usniel Diaz, Lewin Diaz confusion on a broadcast. Um I guess it might have been the Philly. Whoever the Orioles were playing, their broadcaster was confidently, whenever Diaz came to the plate, describing Usniel Diaz. It was most certainly not Usniel Diaz. It was Lewin Diaz that was coming was to the like, plate. A couple of years ago, was the, there was a Jacoby Jones on the ti- in the Tigers organization. Yes, there was. <laughs> That's what I thought Correct. it was Jacoby Jones. The yes, not the same guy. And I believe, didn't the Jacoby yeah. Jones with the Tigers, Tigers spell it with a capital C? I think so, Wasn't yeah. it the J-A- Jacoby. Jacoby, not Jacoby. Mm. Um, did you find this? Um, All right, I'll, I'll give you during. Yeah. I'll give you a couple more minutes. We'll grab a break here. Okay. I, I, if not, as always, I'll find it. I'll be the hero. I'll save the day for us. And when we come back in, we will get you that delicious John Miller audio. We're also going to do things a little bit out of order um, because I can't stay late today. I am I am headed up to uh, New York, in fact, later on oh. today. Uh, very quick trip. Ditching Baltimore? Uh, my my childhood, my, one of my childhood best friends is turning 40 this weekend. So I'm going to go up and uh, celebrate with him. We're going to do... We're going to have a crazy week. I think we're going to dinner. <laughs> that's the end of it. I think that's it. I think I may have it. It's just audio? Yeah, I think okay. he just, it was just on the radio. Okay. Correct. Well, we'll save it. We'll, right. we'll share it after break. That's what we'll do. You can double check on it and make sure it's right. And when we come back from break, we will get you that John Miller audio. And then we will do a tidbit and tubular a little bit earlier today before we get to Doug Gottlieb, who will be talking some Terps. That's all on the way. It's a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC has great news for you. We have funding available for short-term career programs like project management starting this March. Gain valuable skills to advance your career and get back on track. With CCBC's project management, management program, you'll learn how to effectively plan, organize, and execute projects. This is your chance to make a positive change in life. Contact us at 443-840-2222 or online ccbcmd.edu for more information. CCBC Project Management. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat-around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Yeah, it's always a reasonable question when he asks it. Baseball betting is here. Bet $5 with DraftKings and get $200 in instant bonus bets along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up at PressBoxOnline.com offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player reward bets are already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers now for your shot at winning big. Doug Gottlieb coming up in a little bit. We will talk about the uh, Terps as they get ready for Indiana tonight in the Big Ten quarterfinals. This, I don't remember what date it was this week. It was it was either Monday or Sunday maybe. Yeah, but John Miller, of course, the Hall of Famer, uh, San Francisco Giants play-by-play guy. I hate saying those words because it's a reminder that He's not the old we fumbled the bag. And by we, of course, we mean Peter Angelos. 
<sighs> fumbled the bag on the greatest play-by-play guy. I mean, Gary Thorne was damn good. And look, I like Kevin Brown a lot, but for F's sake, this is John Miller we're talking about. Uh, and what a joy it was growing up to be able to uh, spend my evenings with John Miller. <sighs> God. Except for Sundays, of course, where he would run off to ESPN and do Sunday Night Baseball. And we'd, you know, Fred or somebody else would do the Sunday game, which is fine because they were very good. But I would always get mad when I tuned in on a Sunday and I was like, ah, damn it, John Miller's not here because he was running off to ESPN to do uh, Sunday got, Night Now they got A Rod on Sunday Night Baseball. I try to remember how long ago it must have been. When did John and Joe stop doing? It must have been twelve to thirteen years ago at this point that they stopped doing Sunday Night Baseball. Look, the moral of the story is John Miller doing a Giants game. Diamondbacks send a split squad roster. Okay, no problem. But you kind of need to know who's on the roster that they sent. I'm doing the high school lacrosse tomorrow. I need rosters. High schools are very difficult. They don't. They don't supply rosters. One thing in the middle of a baseball season, you've got a roster, right? We can all go to a website. When I do college games, there's a website that has a roster. If there's been a change, you know, somebody lets me know. But when it's a split squad, you don't exactly know which guys are going to be on the team. And the Diamondbacks apparently were not very helpful when it came to this particular game, and John Miller let everyone know about it. Here's a... Curveball, and that's in for a strike. I'm guessing, I have to guess, the D-backs decided, ah, the heck with the big leagues. Let's just not be a big league team for the split squad. Here's the 1-1 pitch, and a fastball swung on a miss by Bryce Johnson. It's 1-2. They have sent no public relations people over here, no information about who the manager is or anything at all about him. So if they don't want to be a big league team, we'll just treat them like... A sandlot team. So they give us no information about anything. So one of those guys on a red shirt managing. And a right-hander, one of their right-handers on the mound. And there's a ball up and away. Just one Three of their right-handers. The I mean, there's certain things that go along with being a big league team. <laughs> like try to act like a big league team. <laughs> Three and two the count to Bryce Johnson. Here's Sacconi. And the pitch is bounced to second, over to his right, backhanding it, Castillo, and he throws out Johnson at first. See, I even had names. <laughs> a little homework <laughs> on what little we have, which is nothing whatsoever from the uh, the Bush League D-backs. The we Bush, go to the, the third Bush inning, the Giants D-backs. won. D-backs. The Bush League D-backs. Oh, man, he was airing it all yeah. out. The, the mean, real question is, like, how does uh, that how does that happen, right? And this is I okay. Like oh man, I don't want to tell this story, but I'm 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 just okay. gonna do it. There is a a major you know Division One lacrosse. There's only so many teams, right? Like, and obviously in certain places, lacrosse is the third collegiate sport, right? Like not everywhere in the country, but in the Mid Atlantic, of course, and parts of the Midwest and the Northeast, I mean, some of those schools would say hockey is their third collegiate sport. Obviously, in the South, baseball is the third collegiate sport, right? But there's football, there's basketball, and then it just sort of depends on where you are in the country as to what a school prioritizes as their third sport. Some schools, of course, don't have football teams. UMBC, Loyola locally, 
Um, but they're not the only ones. There are other schools. There are, you know, major basketball schools. Gonzaga doesn't have a football team. Butler. Actually, Butler might have a football team. Xavier doesn't have a football team. Uh, Marquette. DePaul. They don't play football there. So, you know, Marquette's got a lacrosse team. Um, St. John's has a lacrosse team. Like, some of those places might view I, – I don't know how Marquette views baseball or hockey. I couldn't tell you. Um, but, you know, there are some schools that would just say hockey's our third sport, right? I think as good as Penn State lacrosse is, they would probably tell you at Penn State look, hockey is their third sport. They care a lot about hockey there. Um, I don't know what Notre Dame would say. That's a really good – because Notre Dame, all three are big. Base, like Baseball's yeah, a big deal at Notre Dame, and lacrosse is a big deal at Notre Dame, and hockey has become a big deal at Notre Dame. I don't know what they would say. But lacrosse for some of these schools, and I would tell you definitively that this the school that I was dealing with was a school where lacrosse would be their third sport. And we were getting ready to do a game, and as always, I reach out ahead of time and say, hey, you know, I, I, I can get your roster on the website, but if you could send me your pronunciations. Some schools now do a great job of, like, they have like the on the website, saying, yeah, we'll have yeah. A, a video or an audio link of players pronouncing their names, which is so much better than a pronunciation guide. Because there are sometimes you look at a pronunciation guide and you're like, like "What do you think that says?" Because <laughs> I, I know I I I beat up my friend Ryan Eigenbrode at Loyola, who of course I love and is the reason why I got back into play-by-play when the radio station went under the day it happened. He called me and said, "You're coming over to call games for us," and I was like, "Dude, I haven't done play-by-play in forever." He said, "Yep, but you're doing it next Friday." <laughs> and I was like, oh, "All right." And I love Ryan. We had a player at Loyola whose name was Kyle LeBlanc, right? And or Dylan LeBlanc. God, the, no, my God, I feel bad now. I don't remember Matt LeBlanc. No, it was definitely not Matt okay. LeBlanc. Oh, I'm gonna feel awful about this because he's a hell of a player too. He's a damn good defender. It was Kyle. There was. Oh, I get it now. He had a brother. There were two LeBlancs. Okay. No, I don't feel so bad. You're right twice. I was right twice. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Why am I going crazy about this? So, I want you. This is what. Ryan put on okay. the pronunciation guide. And I want you to tell me LeBlanca. LeBlanca? LeBlanca. LeBlanca. Now, again, within reason, I could have probably figured out that what Ryan was trying to tell me was LeBlanc. It's not qua. Yeah. Like, that's what he was trying to say when he put the, the uh at the end of it. It's not LeBlanc. Qua. It's LeBlanc. That's and, what he was trying to say, LeBlanc. right? Yeah. I'm just going to read whatever is on the pronunciation guide. Is three what I'm syllables. going to do. There's three I'm, syllables there. Even if yeah. it doesn't make sense to me, I'm not going to pretend like I know better than you. Like, that's the way that it goes. Um, so sometimes pronunciation guides can be a yes. problem. Yeah. There was one particular school that did not provide on their website anything in terms of pronunciations, and I reached out again. Division one major, you know, a major we could put in a, a significant division one school and i said hey i need your pronunciation guide and i didn't hear back and i got to about thursday and i said hmm this is problematic so i messaged over to everybody else at loyola hey did it because you know they need it yeah. for the p the pa announcer too and i said did anybody else get pronunciations from this school mm, crickets mm. i said well that's not great so i i start calling the listed office number for the SID at this particular school. I say, nobody's answering the phone. Now, this is a little bit weird. School Is the school real? Yeah, I started to wonder, do we got a Bishop Sycamore situation on our hands? <laughs> God, weren't they going to do a documentary about that? Uh, did, Wasn't that did supposed to happen soon? Or? I feel like it was not. 
we weren't going to like who was doing the documentary. No, I thought it was a Netflix thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was either... Wasn't there going to be a significant Bishop Sycamore documentary? I was excited about that. Um, HBO. HBO was yes. doing it. Well, is it is it? in production. Apparently. Well, they, in August there was... I could have sworn we saw like a teaser for it, didn't we? Like there was an actual... It, it, it could have been like maybe like a, someone c- made like a 30 for 30, fake 30 for no, 30 No, I thought thing. we saw an actual teaser for the documentary about Bishop Sycamore. I feel like we should be getting close to that. Anyway, yeah. besides the point. I I email again on Friday and I say hi game tomorrow ESPN broadcast it's called BS high that's pretty good <laughs> I could really use those pronunciations like I've lived with the fact that you're not going to provide me any notes like okay fine like I've dealt with that before there are significant schools that don't do game notes for lacrosse Navy however gives me a book God bless them I love you thank you couldn't be any better oh so helpful. Um, I can live with that. I can work around it. I can do my own research. But, like, you know, it would be nice to at least know how to pronounce your players' names. And I get this back. They're not that hard. You can figure it out. All right. Then, yeah, then that's what they're getting. <laughs> that's what I got. They're not that hard. Man. Now, I could not do what John Miller did <laughs> because I'm not nearly as comfortable as John Miller in my, you know, if John Miller were to get fired tomorrow, he'd be like, okay. <laughs> then I'll get picked up by the, I mean, di- the Diamondbacks or will he, hire me. Or he'd retire, right? Yeah. Like, he'd either be like, I'm, yeah, I don't know what age, 70-something John Miller is at this point. Like, he'd just say, or, yes, correct, anyone would want John Miller to work for him. So he's got no problem there. I, if I attack a significant program, I'm not feeling nearly as comfortable about what my next steps are going to be in my career. So I can't bring it up. The fact that I am being at, I I follow I did I will admit I followed up that email by saying that seems highly inappropriate for me to do I'm or I think I might have said I'm uncomfortable just guessing someone's name could you please send along to which I got well I don't have it with me I'd have to drive back to the school to get it so, well I I don't know what else to say here. Maybe it's time to get in the car. <laughs> We're doing a broadcast. <laughs> Could you please? Yeah. That was the way That's it goes. Uh, John Miller obviously did not feel. He was just, I'm going to take it out. I don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how somebody doesn't just say, okay, we got to help these guys. They're doing a broadcast of this game. Our team is playing in it. Someone has to provide them something. It makes me wonder, because I've never really paid attention to this. I never, when I, the years that I would cover spring training, we actually never went on the road. Like, if, if the Orioles weren't at home, we'd just, you'd just hang out, go to the pool or whatever, right? Like, we, we weren't, yeah, I don't know why we did it that way. It was kind of nice. Because we weren't beat report. We were there to do a radio show, right? Like, we didn't, we didn't have the obligation to go get the lineup every day. We were just there to get guests. We were there to do interviews and stuff like that. So we would go in the morning, and we would get our interviews, and we would do our show, and then... That was that, right? Like, we were done for the day. And so, why drive to Dunedin? Why drive to Fort Myers? We could just go to the beach or go do something else during the course of the day. So, maybe there's a chance they just don't send a PR person on well, with split, road, yeah. or no, with split squads specifically. Uh, oh. Like, if it's a split squad and they're clearly sending their B team on the road, maybe they're just like, meh. Yeah. I mean, no need to send like PR. The, the PA guy's got to have something. Yeah, something he's got to have. Yeah. And you would think that they could just email it, right. even if they yeah. don't go. <laughs> 
the weirdest thing in the world, man. Um, do you think, I guess... Push League from John Miller. With the games going so quick, do you think there could ever be a time where we see them maybe less commercial breaks? That way, announcers do have a way to kind of, you know, tell more of the story that they want to about players and stuff? Like... Ah. Uh, because innings are going to go so quick. It's an interesting question. I don't it, think... Yeah, it just doesn't seem like... Yeah, I don't think so. I know what you're saying... I don't. I don't really know what the answer to it is, other than you just got to be better on your pace, right? Yeah. Like I. I just think that that might lead to to less. Even when play by play guys were getting into stories, you would tend to hear pauses and breaks within the stories. I think the answer is just there's going to be less of that. I don't know that it's the end of the world. Like I do like the fact that baseball allows for play by play guys to tell stories, and I think sometimes you get great stories. You know, mm-hmm. Jim Palmer starts telling a story. You're like, okay. I, it's just like you're sitting down next to the fire. All the Vince Scully I mean? clips. And, well, yeah, Vince Scully's an yeah. icon at it. But I don't... The truth is you're tuned into the game to watch the game. Right. If that means that we're sacrificing one less story per game from the the broadcast crew, I think we'll live. I know uh, Joey Molinaro, the, the impressionist that used mm-hmm. to work for Barstool Sports, he yeah. did a video about this once upon a time where he compared um, baseball play-by-play to basketball play-by-play. And it was like, you should look this up and see if you can't find it. But it was something, something like the basketball play. And Smith gets it into the post. Jones kicks it back out to the wing. Now dribble drive into the paint. Now kicks it back out to the left. Like, it's it's hard, like, real play-by-play. And then they get to the baseball play-by-play, and it's like this. 1-1 uh, count. So you went out last night, huh? <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> ah, yeah, I love it there. I love it. At Diamonds, that's my place. That's a ball outside, 2-1. and one. I don't know, man. I I feel like it's changed over the years. It's not as good as it used to be. It's really not the place that I'm I'm looking forward to. Smith steps out of the box. Did you find the video? Uh, I think so. Give me one more second. All right, all right. Yeah, I think I, I think I believe I have it. Okay, this one this was pretty good. This is the ball brings it across half court with the left hand dribble. Hands off at the hip to Davis. Davis uses the right hand crossover to his left with the defender falling down. Goes to the free throw line, backs it in, elbow dumps it to the right corner, and it's Johnson for three. So you're telling me that you spread the jelly before the peanut butter? It's baseball. <laughs> Folks, somebody may have to call the authorities, and it's not because there's someone on the field. It's because my partner is certifiably insane. That one's uh, just a bit inside there for ball three. Counts full. You don't even scrape off the ninth. A wall brings it across <laughs> half court with the left That's the comparison, through. right? Like the, you're, you're not really doing hard court. So it just might be that there's more play-by-play now that has to be done in a baseball yeah. game and less of that. And I get it. Like That's part of our romantic feelings about baseball is the storytelling aspect of it. But I think we'll live. I think we'll be all right. I think yeah. we'll survive yeah. if there's a little bit less of that in broadcast moving forward. Let's go ahead. We're going to do Tidbit and Tubular now because uh, we can't we can't go long today given my schedule. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by the Baltimore County Police Department. If you have a passion for service and you are looking for a career for life, the Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Cadet salaries start at over $32,000 a year. So if you know somebody who's struggling to launch, maybe out of high school, young person who's looking for some direction, that'd be a great opportunity. Entry-level officers, over $60,000 a year. Lateral officers, over $64,000 a year. 
and both entry level and lateral officers ten thousand dollars signing bonus available as well. Fifteen sick days earned per calendar year with no limit, tuition reimbursement, promotional opportunities, career advancement to over twenty specialized units. Now is the time to consider a career with the Baltimore County Police Department. 410-887-5542. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. All right, Christophs Porzingis had a, a good game uh, the other night. They um, lost, right? I think, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean. uh, but he scored 40 points, and he also became the tallest player ever to record a 40-point game with five rebounds, five assists, and five three-pointers made. I'm actually surprised by that, but whatever. Seven-footer, tallest okay. guy to ever do that. Um, and then also uh, yesterday. I'm just a little bit. Those numbers aren't so crazy that I don't think that. I guess like five three-pointers is, I mean, and, and to Seven seven times. footers regularly shoot three pointers now. Well, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not that. It's weird. Kristaps is an easy unicorn. Remember Christoph that. Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingod. We, we had a um, we had an intern. I don't even. God, I'm gonna feel terrible because I don't remember her name, but I loved her. She was great. Um, and we we found we used to do an audio segment every day on the show. We'd find silly audio, and somebody did a rap song about Kristaps Porzingis, and like literally the hook was just Kristaps Porzingis. And we'd play it, and it was like a throwaway. She loved it. <laughs> like, she was hanging out with her friends one day she just and messaged me and asked me to send her the link to the video. So she, I'm like, isn't that great? <laughs> Became a part of the show. She would always ask us to play the audio. Should I find it? Jay Wacky, that was her name. Uh, Jessica yeah. Car Wacky. She was a lacrosse player. She's a very good lacrosse player. Uh, but we called her Jay Wacky. I don't, I don't, fine, just go ahead. Uh, Lamar Jackson retweeted uh, some stats yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. Yeah. Um, so, play, NFL players in history with a 96-plus passer rating, 100 oh, passing touchdowns. Oh, to who it was? Yes, who were those five? Give me the numbers again. Uh, 96 or higher passer rating right. and 100 or more passing touchdowns in their first 61 starts. Well, it was Mahomes, right, if I remember correctly? It was Mahomes. I mean, I saw this list. I'm yeah. not, like, just doing – Mahomes – Marino? Yes, Marino. Hey. Uh, Deshaun Watson, right? Yes, Deshaun Watson is on the list. And, uh, God. Was it Rodgers? It was Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And then Lamar was the fifth. Okay. Yep. I did Um, see that. All right, so then I want to do uh, so in first in their first five seasons. Can you tell me who the uh, who has the most passing touchdowns in their first five seasons among quarterbacks? Um, let's go with the top. Uh, I mean, we could do top ten. Let's do the top nine. All right, let's. Uh, we got to move this along because I could get another oh, break okay. in. Um, first passing touchdown. Most passing touchdowns in their first five seasons. Yes. I'm gonna say Dan Marino. Dan Marino, number one, 168. Far and away the most. Uh, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, no. He did plan. Yeah, because I think yeah. Yeah, it counts. That was my arbitrary cutoff. And uh, Mahomes. Uh, no, because I guess again. Outside of the uh, outside of the top nine here, oh, because he didn't play, yeah, his first he didn't play season. that first season. Kurt Warner still did have over a hundred though. Uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, yes, Peyton Manning's number two. How about how about how about Andrew Luck? Yes, Andrew Luck number three. Okay. How about Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Out of order, he's fifth. Oh, God. Yeah. Lame. <laughs> Pathetic. Why Why am I even doing this? Uh, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is just outside of the top ten. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is fourth. Next 
four guys are a little surprising. Oh, good. But they are, like, all... One is no longer active. The other three are, like, you know, they're still in the league, but they're definitely not quarterbacks you want <laughs> at the moment. Weird. All right, so there's three that are active. One that is inactive. He played last in 2020, I think. No, he played in 21. He played in 21. Okay. Um, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. He's sixth on the list. Actively. Joe Flacco. Uh, not Joe Flacco. Because like, you want Joe Flacco. Oh, right. That's yeah. the difference. But he is not on this list. Uh, who's still, is, I don't think Matt Schaub's still active, is he? They're right? all, they all three of them didn't play. played on the same team as Andy Dalton in the last. Well, I guess one hasn't played yet, but they're and all. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Oh, Derek Carr. And Derek Carr. Yeah. And then ninth. Last played in 21. Cam Newton? Cam Newton. All right. Very correct. good. Very good. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise this weekend. Totally tubular is brought to you by Birdland Sports. By O's fans for O's fans. So many great uh, shirts available right now at birdlandsports.com, like this, uh, the birds in the wire block letters uh, T-shirt, the 2023 World Series champion T-shirt, they got the uh, mountain shirt celebrating Felix Batista. They've got the uh, birds are coming T-shirt that's so popular. The hillbilly Hayes shirt that's very popular. Birdlandsports.com is the website. Price is better than the big guys, but you don't lose quality. Again, Birdlandsports.com is the website. Way too much going on this weekend. I will do my best with it. Big Ten Network tonight from Maryland, Indiana at nine o'clock. We'll preview it in a minute here with Doug Gottlieb. Uh, from the Big Ten tournament in the quarterfinals. Rutgers, Purdue at noon. Ohio State, Michigan State at 2.30. Penn State, Northwestern at 6.30. Both Morgan and Coppin are out. Only one other area team has a chance, and I'm squinting when I say area because it's UMES. They're down in Princess Anne. Uh, they play Howard tonight in the MEAC semifinals at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Good one lacrosse-wise. It's on ACCNX, which means you can see it if you've got ESPN+. Plus. Loyola and Duke in lacrosse at 7 o'clock tonight. Top 10 showdown there. Stevenson's at Lynchburg tonight at 7. That's on YouTube. CAA Women's Tournament continues at CQ Arena. First up today, Towson. They take on Hampton at noon in the CAA Women's Tournament. By the way, the championship game would be Sunday on CBS Sports Network. Let's go. So if Towson does indeed advance to the championship, you can watch. I would say maybe go. Yeah. But you can also watch it. I believe it's 2.30. I'll double-check on that. I think you're right. It's either 2 or 2.30. Yeah, I'll yeah. double-check on that. Um, everything else, obviously a lot of stuff is to contingent upon what happens in these con- college basketball tournaments. Uh, but tomorrow, Flow Sports, Maryland, Villanova, women lacrosse at 1. Maryland men's lacrosse is at Albany at noon on ESPN+. Plus. Navy is at Colgate at 1 on ESPN+. Plus in lacrosse. Towson's at Virginia. And that one's actually on TV tomorrow at 4. You can watch it on ACC Network. Mm-hmm. Um, which most cable, I think, around this area has ACC Network, so you can watch that game, Towson and Virginia. However, you know, it, it might not go well. Virginia's, Virginia's quite good. They just uh, took care of uh, Hopkins pretty well the other day. Speaking of Hopkins, they're at Syracuse tomorrow at 4 o'clock. UMBC hosts Mercer at noon. Um, Mount St. Mary's hosts Manhattan at noon as well. Maryland baseball hosting Maine this weekend, all three games on Big Ten Network+. Plus. No broadcast at all for the Orioles tonight for some reason. Why, why I don't know. But radio for uh, tomorrow and Sunday, tomorrow and uh, against the Blue Jays with Austin Voth on the mound. Sunday, I don't know who's pitching. I did not see anything listed yet for the game against the Red Sox. World Baseball Classic, Team USA gets into action this weekend. They will be on Fox tomorrow night uh, against uh, England at 9 o'clock and on Sunday on FS1 at 10 o'clock. Great way for, to get people hooked. In the, I know the games are in Arizona, but, like, still – 
10 o'clock Sunday night against Mexico. So you're trying to drive up a little interest in all what's going on in the World Baseball Classic. Everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com and find their non-sports highlights. Uh, this is obviously why you were ending the show early, because Miley Cyrus has a live concert on Disney Plus at 1 o'clock. Oh, hell today. yeah. yeah. Uh, why, where is it that it's live at 1 o'clock? Uh, I, I'm guessing in like Florida or something. But or? why would it be at 1 o'clock if it was in Florida? I don't know. That's just when she wants to do it. But it's, it's notable because like, I would think Disney it, and Miley are... Oh, right, like, because the, the they're, Hannah they're, Montana, right? Yeah, so they, um, I would think that it would be in Europe or something, and that would be the reason why it would maybe. be on at 1 o'clock. Um, Real Madrid, there's a Real Madrid documentary on Apple TV+. Plus. It's kind of like a hard knocks thing of their okay. season last year because right. it was very uh, impressive what they did. John or- Janet Ortega is hosting That's SNL right. with, 1970, with 1975. Yeah. The Oscars are on Sunday night with uh, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Who knows, maybe we'll get uh, Chris Rock slapped again. That'd be cool. I mean, I <laughs> guess. The Last of Us uh, uh, season one finale, Sunday night as well. Okay, very good. Yes. Very good. You can find it all at glennclarkradio.com. Do we need to... Uh, we could take a break. Uh, go ahead. You can go ahead. We can, well, I guess we'd be ending the show with a break at that point. Yeah. Do you think it's okay? I think it's okay. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back in, Doug Gottlieb will join us. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. All of the best deals are available for you as you sign up for sports betting in the state of Maryland. Don't leave money on the table or free bets. Bet as little as $20 with Caesars and get a $100 instant bonus bet credit along with other great incentives and promos. Sign up, pressboxonline.com slash offers. Glenn Clark Radio, Doug Gottlieb. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with Further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service. A career for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs like real estate sales. And the best part, funding is available for those who qualify. Real estate sales is a lucrative career that can provide a stable income and flexibility. With CCBC's real estate sales program, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in this exciting field. Call us at 443-840. 2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Real Estate Sales. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out pressboxonline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Wrapping up for a Friday edition of the program, Maryland basketball tonight in the Big Ten quarterfinals. They're going to be taking on Indiana, winner of that one. We'll play again tomorrow. By the way, the Big Ten semifinals and championship are all on CBS, so don't look for those on the Big Ten network. But the winner of this one tonight advances tomorrow to face the winner between Penn State and Northwestern. Wouldn't that be interesting, by the way, if it ended up being Penn State again after what happened last Sunday? Of course, Maryland's got to win in order to make any of that happen, so it's kind of nonsensical at this point. Um, and as I pointed out, the other two games that are getting underway this afternoon, Rutgers and Purdue and Ohio State and Michigan State. The, the winners of that game will play in the first semifinal tomorrow. The winners of the games tonight will play in the second semifinal. Game times for two tomorrow are 1 and 3.30. If Maryland were to advance all the way to the championship game of the Big Ten tournament, it would be at 3.30 on Sunday as well, going right into the selection show. By the way, I had forgotten this year. The selection show for the women's tournament is actually on Sunday night as well. So the men's selection show is at 6 o'clock on CBS, and then the women's selection show will be at 8 o'clock on ESPN. So I know in the past they had done selection Monday for the women's tournament. They're going to get back doing it on Sunday. They're just going to do it at 8 o'clock after the men's selection show is the way that it's going to be going. So just keep that in mind for those of you that are interested in where, for example, the Maryland women, or should they win the CAA tournament, the Towson women, will end up playing in the NCAA tournament this year. Promise you, we're getting to... I pro, Griffin's now all panicked because I was all ready to go. I was set up. I, I, I Firing away as we're getting ready to talk to Doug Gottlieb. Yeah, he said he needed one minute. That's so. totally fine. I completely understand. I am not mad whatsoever. It, in fact, gives me a minute to remind you that today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. And I forgot during Tubular to remind you that the rest of the state basketball title games are coming up tonight. 
Um, 3A girls, Howard and Polly at 6. 4A girls, Glen Burnie and Winston Churchill at 8. And then down in College Park tomorrow, four title games. 1A boys, Lake Clifton and Edmondson Westside at 1. 1A girls, Pikesville and Mountain Ridge at 3. 2A girls, Ken Island and Lackey at 6. 4A boys, Parkville and Mead at 8 o'clock. Joining us now from out in Chicago, where he's got a very busy man. He did the uh, the games last night. Then tonight he gets Maryland, Indiana as well for uh, Compass Media Networks and their national radio broadcast. He is our friend Doug Gottlieb, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Doug, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's good to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. No, no worries. No worries. I I mean, have, this I, is a fun time of year. It's so a best. Why wouldn't we want to talk more about it? Well, it's also a pleasant distraction from us doing 24-7 Lamar Jackson talk here in Baltimore, which has been a bit over. <laughs> I, I got my Lamar Jackson opinion, too, if you want. Oh, but, I have but no you, doubt. You let me know. True. I have no doubt. We might get to that in a second. Let me talk about Maryland first, because you and I you know, just haven't had an opportunity to talk about Maryland this season. I just wanted to know where you are big picture with the job that Kevin Willard has done coming in in his first season, not having a lot to work with. Obviously, they weren't very good on the road this year, but certainly surpassed, I think, any reasonable expectation that we could have had for this program in year one under a new coach. Well, I'm a, I'm a Kevin fan, um, and I, I was really happy. There was a time at Seton Hall where it wasn't going great, and I didn't think he was the, the problem, and he ended up not only riding the ship, but obviously completely changing the narrative. So you got to start with that. But I was also a church fan, you know, but I, I thought that it was time. The, the impressive part about what Kevin's been able to do is, is getting guys that have been there to buy in, you know, not running everybody off and starting all over and, and whatever. Like he got some guys to, to stick around and, and they become the better because of it. So I, I, I really like that element to it. Um, I don't think they're great. I don't think anybody would argue otherwise, but um, you know, last night's a perfect example. I thought defensively the level of intensity they played with from the tip was great. And then, you know, he's, he's pressing using that kind of two, two, one and running and jumping and just finding ways to create more offense from a, from a group that, you know, they, they have some skill. um, But like, look, I mean, the perfect, the perfect example is, Jameer Young's second team, all big 10. Yep. Right. And it's awesome to bring a kid like that home, you know, in his senior year going, going through the portal. But I mean, he's, I mean, he's okay, but the way in which he uses him and how hard he gets into play and the faith he has in him. Like, I think he's done a lot with a group that's decent and they've probably in many spots slightly overachieved. And that's the quality of coaching. And then I, again, the embracing of, you know, Dante Smith, for example, and getting to those guys to buy into to sticking around and not portaling, that, that's impressive stuff in this day and age. Now, there's a next step, obviously, the Maryland fans want to see, want to see it happen. Um, but in the short term, it's I, I, I think we would all consider this season a success. Doug, let me cover two of the things you brought up there, because I think they're great points. One, I think we completely agree. This is not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. I don't really know how great the league is versus maybe everybody being kind of mid, right? Like, that's sort of the way that I felt about yeah. it. Um, but I think the concept is, if this is the floor, right? Like, if this is the things that you brought up, that getting them to buy in defensively, getting guys to stick around, and I do think Danny Manning deserves some a, a good amount of credit there as well for sort of holding the ship together 
last season and not making everybody already start exploring the portal, say, in you know December of last season. But if this is the floor, and now Kevin Willard's got a top 15 recruiting class coming in next year, it's a place where you know you can recruit kids. Is there reason to buy into the idea if this is where you're starting, there's a real opportunity here to get into the national conversation prominence within the course of the next five years? Yes, yes. Um, and I, I look, the, the sport is in a weird place, right? It's like one of those things where you're like, is it better to get those kids, you know, like Deshaun Harris-Smith, is it better to get him now or is it better to get him, you know, when he transfers? It's fair. And, and I think, yeah, I'm, right, like it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think, you know, the fact that, they, that they, 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 they turned it over a year before Georgetown and who does Georgetown hire? Like it's all kind of related there. Um, but, yes, there's definitely reason for optimism. Because you, you got kids to buy into what you're doing. You got kids to stay when they didn't have to stay. And now you're recruiting well and the building's full and there's a feeling of optimism. I mean, look, Mar- Maryland should, again, should be positioned very well in the, in the league considering um, I, I don't know how much the Big Ten is really built for the NIL era, mm. the transfer portal era. Mm. Right. All of these schools are not traditional transfer landing spots. And it's a different deal. Just is how you handle it, how you play them, the whole thing. It's really hard. It's, it's challenging to build culture because that's built over time and you can't just do it overnight. Um, but I, again, like so far, so good. Uh, the, you brought up Jameer Young, Doug, and, I, you know, it's wild to see how well he's played and how he's handled the moment and, you know, it's it's been a really cool story to your point about him coming home. It leads to a secondary question, of course, and you know, you you're a guy who knows about playing in other places. To your point, he's not he's not going to be an NBA guy. That's not what Jameer Young is. So, you know, he's got a great opportunity to go play in Europe and make money. And for years, I said, if you've got that chance to go do it, go do it, right? Like, go get paid for what it is that you do. But now we are in an NIL era, and I don't know that Jameer Young can get rich through NIL, but this is a good market to be in, and there are opportunities there to make money and to maybe kind of add to your legacy if you choose to take a fifth year with a talented freshman class coming in and maybe doing something. Do you feel like there's maybe an argument for Jameer Young to stick around for another year at Maryland next season? Absolutely. But why would you leave? You know, what? he's not an NBA player. He's gonna have, and and even in terms of his stock overseas, some things he can he can work on to improve his stock. But you know he should make. I mean, he's not gonna crush it. But considering how many people at least say they're gigantic Maryland supporters, right? Um, and they should have the ability to generate quality NIL. And you look what football is doing. Um, there's no reason that that he should he should leave. I mean, this is he's the perfect guy. You know, where you go and you learn to become uh, a, a quality high-level scorer at a mid-major, and then it translates to, to the high-major level. <clears throat> Come back for another year, and uh, you got a chance to be first-team All-Big Ten. And al- also, I think you would feel a lot more connected with, you know, with everybody at Maryland if yep. you spent more than one year there. Otherwise, it's kind of like a mercenary, and you might get invited to the alumni game, but it feels a little weird. You play two years at a place, you're pretty much part of the fabric. 
Absolutely. And I mean, look at the Penn State guys that played after that played before them last night. Like those guys are all, you know, fifth and sixth year guys. And I would say they're having a pretty good time. I, I don't rushing overseas when you're a six, one scoring, you know, kind of mid range scoring guard that, that that's not necessarily a smart play when you can make a, a nice little living and become a part of the fabric of Maryland. And that sets you up for the real NIL, which is the rest of your life. That's a great point, right? Like that you're, you become a beloved figure and someone that people want to bring back in yeah. for eternity. I, I, that's, it's so well said Doug Gottlieb with us. Of course, you listen to him on Fox Sports Radio, and you're hearing him doing the national radio broadcast with Compass for the Big Ten tournament, Maryland-Indiana tonight. Just as far as tonight's game is concerned, Doug, it feels like the big storyline to me would be Maryland cannot deal with the foul trouble that they dealt with last night and have a chance to beat Indiana tonight. Like, And I, I know that's been a story all year with Juju Reese, who's been <coughs> largely, I think, a, a huge plus for Maryland. And, and kind of you could almost argue as he's gone, they've gone this season but if they get into foul trouble the way that they did last night i i don't think they're going to have the opportunity to overcome that against indiana no it'll be hard it'll be hard and and indiana though they've had some weird like you know getting beat at home here late they've had some weird games where they just haven't played but i do think uh you know that's a team that you know the, the drop off especially inside when when they get into foul trouble is substantial um you know, then that's something that, that the staff is going to have to figure out probably in the portal here, kind of going forward to, to next year's. You, you got to have more bodies, especially in this league. Right. Um, and, and, and Indiana's got dudes. But the one thing I like, I always like playing a game when another team did not. You just, you, there's a lot easier, it's easier to establish a rhythm. Hmm. So I'll be interested to see what the, I think Indiana's substantially better, but that doesn't mean they win the game tonight. It's interesting you bring that up, right? Because Maryland was the only team that won, given that scenario yesterday, right? Like, the story was yep. you were better off having played games already in this tournament. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's weird how that uh, works. And so it's, it's, just a, it's, just a, it's just a rhythm deal. Hey, listen, um, I'm, I'm interested in tonight. I, I do think, I think they got the right guy. I think they got the right energy. I don't know what happens in the tournament's going to be based on matchups, yeah. but... And, it's a good team. And they're playing and with house money. Like they, totally. It, it doesn't really matter. if they really play matter. a team that doesn't have quality guard play, they're going to win. Okay, before I let you go, can I? you brought up Turgeon. What do you think about the idea of him being interested in the Georgetown job? I don't think he's interested in the Georgetown okay. job. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I, I, think, I, think, I think Mark's enjoying pickleball and being away from the, <laughs> being away from the noise. <laughs> I mean it. I, I no, think he's I get, found a little bit of peace. I get that. I get that. I I just it was interesting because he stuck around the area. That was the only reason why it came up to me. Um, I know you're a busy man. I know that you've got more. You, you want to give me your thirty second thumbnail on Lamar Jackson before we let you go? I can give it to you on Fox Sports Radio. I really got to run. I apologize. I, I pre- yeah. No, you're good, dude. I appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time, man. Thank you, Doug Gottlieb, with us here on GCR. At Doug Gottlieb on Twitter, I do appreciate him squeezing us in because he's got his own radio show to do and he's got you know, radio to do tonight. It's sorry. It's at Gottlieb show on Twitter. That's how you follow him. I appreciate him taking the time for us. And I, and I, and I genuinely mean that because it's on a day like today, it's very easy for somebody to be like, bro, I got two games on a radio show to do. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do anymore. So I appreciate him hopping on. Look, I, and Doug would know better than I would about what Turgeon's interests are. I had always kind of wondered if when he decided to stick around the area, he was thinking about the possibility of, the Georgetown job becoming open and saying, I don't want to leave. The word was he, he liked the area. He just, 
he didn't like getting harassed Maryland by the fans. fan base, right? Like, and you can have whatever opinion you want to have about that, and you know, you can think that he wasn't mistreated. I have heard some stories that weren't great, but you know, someone might say would come with the territory that that's the nature of the business. That I, I, I don't know. I heard a story about you know people literally leaving messages on his daughter's car. That's not okay, but is it, you know, like there's, I don't know where the line is, right? Like, I don't know where the line is that you, it's fearful. Everybody should be able to understand you don't, this does not cross into family. Like, that doesn't go that route. Um, Doug's point about Mark Turgeon saying, I just found peace and I'm not really interested in doing it again. I totally find that believable. I don't mind doing some games for CBS when I get the opportunity to. Going out to Miami of Ohio and being involved in the sport, it might very well be that that's where he's at. Or that if he were to do it again, he would want to be a lower stress place. Right, like a, what, George Mason or... Yeah, but that, the interesting thing to me about Georgetown is I can, I can start squinting and saying he's a, he is a good enough coach that with the bar being as low as it is now at Georgetown... He be would, able to bring it up. Yes. Yeah. He's a far more qualified hire than their last guy, right? Like, whose only qualification was good. Pl- I mean, that's not fair. Patrick Ewing had been coaching in the NBA. He had been someone that 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 should have been on the rise as an NBA coach and just wasn't getting that opportunity. It's unfair for me to say he was only a former player. He he literally was working as an assistant coach in the NBA. Um. But he wasn't a qualified hire. He was only hired because he was Patrick Ewing. He would be a more qualified hire. You can make the argument that, you know, because the bar is so low, because there's a bit, there's not the alumni base, there's not the fan base that's as rabid for Georgetown as it is at Maryland, that there would be a bit less stress, a bit less pressure at a place like Georgetown than there would be at Maryland, right? Like, where there's... You know, it's 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 massive. And he could make it work. The point being, I don't know if Georgetown would be in the market for Mark Turgeon, even if he was interested. Um, somebody brought up, a Georgetown person brought up to me last night, Micah Shrewsbury as being the guy that, like, that they want. And I said, well, that makes a lot of sense, right? But he hasn't really proven anything either. He's had a minimal amount of success at Penn State after being an NBA assistant. Like... I, there's nothing that says right now that you know that if Micah Shrewsbury got to Georgia, he could return them to national prominence. But I get it. I say it however you want to say it. A black head coach at Georgetown makes a lot of sense. Micah Shrewsbury appears to be a rising coach. I could see why, you know, if you don't think that Georgetown is going to be able to land the top guys anymore, that this this makes sense as the guy that would be rising and the guy that you would try to pick off, and he would say, well, there's always going to be a cap to what I can do at Penn State because it's Penn State basketball. It's not a desirable job. Why wouldn't I take Georgetown? Why wouldn't I go try to be the guy that returns Georgetown to prominence? Where's Pat Kelsey going to land? Well, I mean, I don't know what other jobs are going to come yeah. available. I mean, I, I guess Ole Miss, no. Texas still needs a coach, right? Like That's that's a jump. That is, I don't yeah, think Texas can, make, can do Pat Kelsey. I don't think so. Um, we got to see what else becomes available here in the, com- in the coming weeks. Yes, Pat Kelsey will be a very in-demand. You know, like, I don't know that it's a fit at Georgetown, but 
You could do a lot worse. Yeah. Like, you could do a lot worse than hiring Pat Kelsey, man. Start poaching yeah. scariest players. Well, so it, like Nick Timberlake is is in the portal, and I sort of get it, right? Like he's looking around and saying, you know, Thompson's gone, Holden's gone, and he's the exact type of player that Doug Gottlieb's talking about, which is he can go to a now a high major mm. and have a serious role on that team. Like I don't know that he's going to be Jameer Young, but he could have a serious role on a high major team and get the, a taste of that before his college career comes to an end. I I don't. In fact, you could make an argument it doesn't matter who Towson was bringing back next year, that he might have always done the same thing and said, dude, I could go play at Duke next year. I could go play. And, and really, like legitimately could be seen as a valuable role player for a, a, a team that's competing for a national Exactly player. right. Yeah. I mean, like I don't blame Nick Timberlake even a little bit. It's a, it's a bummer for Towson, obviously, but that's the exact type of player that Doug Gottlieb's talking about in like this other this new phase of recruiting in college basketball, when he, when he says, well, is, are you better having Deshaun Harris-Smith now or in a couple years? I think Deshaun Harris-Smith specifically is so talented that Maryland is going to be well-served yeah. to have him next year, right? But this point of there's two different recruitings, Nick Timberlake understands that too. And he's, no pun intended, graduated from this level where he's proven I might not be a superstar at in the ACC or, you know, but Big 12. But remember. Cam Spencer this year at Rutgers, right, mm-hmm. like is the exact comparison. And Nick Timberlake is a better scorer than Cam Spencer was, right? Like the, that's the guy that you get if you're a high major and he plays a real role for you and helps you in what it is that you're trying to do. So I, I understand it. I completely understand his decision-making, and it's just a bummer for Towson. All right, uh, that'll do it for us today. Also want to thank um, – oh, I need to thank – oh, just want to remind you about the Press Box print issue is really what I need to do, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. That's Gunnar Henderson. He's on the cover. Great story from Luke Jackson. Go get it right now. Thanks today to Doug Gottlieb. Thanks also today to Bo Smolka and to Stan the Fan. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow morning, the bat around from 10 to noon with Paul and Zach talking baseball. Rita and I are back to our normal time unless Maryland makes the Big Ten championship game. I'm rooting for it. I would love to book a bunch of guests for a show on Sunday and then be told, sorry, you're not needed. Um, but, yeah, we are looking forward to uh, being back at 1 o'clock on Sunday on 105.7 The Fan. And, of course, we'll be back Monday morning at uh, 10 a.m. for uh, hopefully a, a breakdown of Maryland winning yeah. the Big Ten tournament. That would be wonderful. The Towson women. Their path the to, the, uh, to the Final Four. Don't forget we are doing a charity bracket contest. Uh, need you guys to get in. i got to push this. I'll get on it on social this weekend. Need you guys to get in. I, I don't remember all the answers. It's like Glenn Dash Clark on Venmo. Just message me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. I'll get you in. Charity bracket contest, $20 in. Half goes to the winner. Half goes to Show Your Soft Side, an amazing animal charity that we love for the bracket contest. We don't need to fill it until Thursday, and I'm not looking to, I'm, I am confident that we'll fill it. I just got to do a minimal amount of work on it, and I'm never very good at that. But please message me this weekend. Let me know that you're in. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Acosta Sin, CCBC, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go all the local, well, it's just two local hoops teams. All the local lacrosse teams, Duke sucks.